With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello. This is Michael Adams. Nothing but the truth. It's April the 7th, 2015. I'm going to make another attempt to try to get uh, at Adam Clark's commentary. Spelled his name wrong again. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Revelation 13. Yeah, we'll start out with uh, Yahoo.com, see if there's any interesting articles, headlines at least. It uh, looks like Article 3, New Jersey Catholic Bishop won't say if he agrees with the church's teachings on homosexuality, marriage, and etc. CNS News. <laughs> looks kind of, well... Um, Jeb Bush skipped a couple other ones of articles about the Roman Catholics because, well, they were mentioned yesterday. So, Jeb Bush, Pope Francis won't bring big change to the Catholic Church, political. Jeb Bush thinks some people might be in for a bit of a letdown when it comes to Pope Francis, especially non-Catholics who think the pontiff is really cool. <laughs> well, that's... Coming from some an insider, you should know, being uh, at least Knights of Columbus and uh, bowing down to the Pope himself, so would not be surprised someday we see him in the White House. Pope Francis was has written a pop song, sort of. <laughs> okay, CBS News. Um. Uh, Philippines, U.S. exercises near disputed sea not to show a force. Now, as we learned, a whole bunch of gold over there. Got to protect that gold. And I don't know. A lot of it's just pop culture stuff. And things not really worth a man's time to really look into. So, we'll, we'll forget that. Uh, I found this interesting. This is from Life Assurance Ministry. Not a lot of people will like them, especially those who are Seventh-day Adventists, because this is from folks who are uh, come out of the Seventh-day Adventist church. And so, what can you do about it? But it's interesting, anyways. Official response of Weldensian Church in Italy about SDA claims. I thought that was kind of interesting because uh, I've been doing some research on the Weldensians and trying to find if there's anything solid as far as them being Sabbath keepers. It's one of those things you look into. And this is an interesting email, uh, email from Pastor Thomas uh, Sagan. Yes, um, uh, the Weldensian Church in Bergamo and the Andres 
I don't know, Celia, Director of Apologetics Research Center, CFR, Hungary, concerning Seventh-day Adventist claim that Adventists were Sabbath keepers. This is uh, June 19, 2006. Dear brothers, uh, I am Andres Sazelai, Director of the Evangelical Apologetics Research Center in Hungary, and I need your your help, professional help, of a Waldensian theologian in a certain research project. Okay, it's about the Seventh Day Adventist Church, which claims that the Waldensians have kept the law of the Sabbath. As far as I know, it is not true, but I don't. Well, uh, like to know I, I was thinking I would like to know uh, your opinion if the Waldensians have ever kept the Sabbath please give me historical sources and this gives his address Budapest, Hungary and he gets responded back in uh, June 21st uh, 2006 Dear Brother Andrews my name is Thomas Sojin a Waldensian minister uh, in Bergamo, North Italy, in charge by our board, the Tavula Valdes, to answer your letter. If you are interested in the Waldensian church in Italy, North, Central, and South Italy, in Uruguay, in Argentina, in past or present, you can look in the site of our publishing house. And then it says Claudania, or Claudania, something like that, Torino, and email. You can try also to find and study the following book. It's just like a Giorgio Tron, or Tron. You are my witness, the Waldensians across 800 years. And this is Claudania, editor, 1989, distributed in North America, P.O. Box uh, 37844. I don't know if this is even valid anymore. This is 2006. So Cincinnati, Ohio, etc. Uh, and there are 350 years before the Reformation. Their real problem was baptism, the link between baptism and the Roman Catholic, uh, Constantinian, Constantinianism, not the problem of baptism by immersion or by sprinkling, either the problem of Sabbath instead of Sunday. In a well-supplied library, you can try to find the following books. Jean, John, Garnett, Amadrill, Moller, and then I guess this long Italian name, anyways, in the looks like the 15th century, all Waldensians, France, Italy, um, were united with the Hussite movement in the Tal Tabor right Czechs. John Huss, or John Huss, 
in that time, there are also some Walt Disney documents on baptism. Two, uh, Amedio Molnar, Storia di Valdizzi. Um, okay. And this, this book talks about that they did not have interest in baptism as St. Paul's wrote. St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 117. Uh, anyways, gives a few more, another reference here of books. Um, <laughs> you can more than welcome try to find that on lifeinsuranceministry.org for the article. They they were called Matter Reformationists, equaling Mother of the Reformation, when they were before, as you know, during the Middle Ages, a movement, but not a church. After the Synod of John Foran in and uh, here we go Grogby Grogby in 1532 and later on the Walt Disney's became a Reformed Presbyterian Church as in Geneva they adopted the Huguenots Reformed Confession of Faith of the so-called Synod de la Rochelle in 1559, but it was really the Paris Synod, their first Huguenot General Assembly. Mm-hmm. But in 1655, the Waldensian Church had its own confession of faith, hurriedly drafted in Italian immediately after the massacre of the Waldenses, called Piedmont Easters. Uh, C. Milton's Avenge, O Lord. The Confession of Faith was simply a shortened version in Italian of the Huguenot Confession of Faith in 1559. It confirmed that the theology, the theologically, it confirmed that theologically the Waldenses were in the mainstream of Presbyterian Calvinism. It is still the basis of nowadays, the Waldensians' belief, which the candidates have to uh, undersign in front of the General Assembly before becoming ordained as ministers, VDM. In our church, without any kind of anti-baptism uh, or Sabbath instead of Sunday. Therefore, the Waldensians did not keep the Sabbath in the sense of Saturday instead of Sunday, they were not guardians of the Sabbath truth, as somebody calls it. The Wildensians never followed the Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath, but they followed more Paul in Rome 14, or Romans 14, 5 through 8. Let's read it back. <clears throat> Romans X, Romans 14, 5 through 8. One man esteemeth one day above another, and another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord he doeth not regard it. 
He that eateth, and eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God's thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, gives God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, or whether uh, whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. And whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Okay, uh, we can therefore say very clearly that the Waldensians were not Seventh-day Sabbath keepers, and they were not persecuted for keeping Saturday as the Sabbath. They were persecuted from 1532 when they joined the Reformation and Grogna Sinon to 1848 when they received religious freedom because of their reformed Calvinistic faith in Christ. With your best regards, yours, Thomas Thogan. July, June 22, 2006, dear Brother Thomas, just one more thing. May I use your letter as an official answer of the Weldensian Church for refuting something Adventist claim. As I wrote, they claim Weldensians kept the Sabbath, uh, just like they, and this way they want to establish historical continuity with your church. In case you allow me to use your letter, I would also send it to some American researchers who would do only what we do, telling SDAs that they cannot use Waldensians to prove the historical of their teaching. God bless you, Andres. Dear Brother Andres, sure, surely you may use my letter with whole documentation because the old Wildensian movement and the Seventh-day Adventist claim have historically spoken nothing to do with each other, neither the Wildensian Reformed Church after the Reformation in 1532. God bless you too. Thomas Sogan. So I found that kind of interesting. One more thing. One more thing that Ellen White lied about, and that there, and then the the hierarchy of the church just pushed it along. Isn't it weird that a guy who's actually next Mormon is spending more energy trying to prove this prove another cult? The Seventh Day Adventist. Interesting. I never thought my life would ever be like that, but here I am. So. Um. Yeah, because, you know, I've been doing a lot of research on this whole thing, because here we get you know, this argument about Rome, you know, like, uh, changing Saturday to Sunday. At least they claim that. So I've been doing a lot of research on that, and then it led me to the Waldensians. And, of course, then I discovered that that's not legit either. So what does we what do we do? Um, so probably what I'm going to do is do a couple shows this week on uh, one topic would probably be that uh, the Pope nor the Catholic Church t- changed 
Sabbath to Sunday. Um, a little more about the Weldensians and the fact that uh, they have real no connection or and uh, the false claim that Alan G. White makes and the leadership of the church, uh, some of the Adventist church, that there's some kind of lineage between the Weldensians and some of the Adventists. That's not true, it turns out. Um, a lot of Alan uh, G. White's statements turn out not to be quite accurate. And... Um, so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at some of the historical facts, the best that we can gather. Um, and by the way, uh, you know, a lot of this actually comes from uh, Seventh-day Adventists, <laughs> their own research. So those, you know, the people that have been really, you know, delving into the hist- uh, history of uh, a lot of their claims, I can now understand why there's the hierarchy is pulling away so hard from Ellen G. White, because she said a lot of things weren't quite right, it turns out. Some major things, but some major things, which is, you know what? You know, it's understandable. She was who she was. It wasn't like she was uh, someone who was reared with all this great knowledge somehow. I think that she just, uh, like a lot of us, you know, connected the dots and then just unfortunately was raised up as a prophet. I think it's really easy to do, isn't it? I can't really condemn them very much to believe in her because, heck, I was a Mormon, so that's even more absurd. So anyway, so back to this, uh, see if we can get this to happen. Uh, Revelation 13, I think I stopped at like verse 3 before I got interrupted by that article, uh, which is my fault. Nobody else is about uh, uh, the smoking gun, about the Mossad and Israel being involved with uh, 9-11, which I think most of us who've done a little bit of research have figured it out already. Um, I think the biggest issue about that is, is that could it be part of this whole World War Three scheme, you know, of um, uh, now, you know, pitting, uh, how do I say this? Anyways, U.S. against Israel and letting them, Israel fend for themselves now. Well, they got, they've been fed by the beast system, and now it's time for them to uh, play the role, I guess, that they're supposed to play. Which is to have this war, uh, Israel and the Zionist uh, Christians, Christian Zionists, and Israel against the Muslims. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I do know folks that actually join the military to deliberately go and fight Iran, of <laughs> all things, thinking that they're, and they're, by the way, they call themselves Christians, so that's how deceived they are, young men being lied to. It's real tragic. So, Verse 3, Revelations 13 from Adam Clark. And I saw one of his heads as if it were wounded to death. This is the second and the last place where the head of the beasts, beasts are mentioned 
with any description. Therefore, the meaning here must be form, forms of government. Okay, the turn that might be that might help. Forms of government, as these were noticed last in the angels' double expl- explanation. The head that was wounded to death can be no other than the seventh uh, draconic head, uh, which was the sixth head of the beast. It is the imperial power for this head. As Bishop Newton observes, quote, was as it were wounded to death when the Roman Empire was overturned by the northern nations and an end was put to the very name of the emperor and Mamilus Augustulus, end quote. It was so wounded that it was wholly improbable that it could ever rise again to considerable power. For the Western Empire came into the possession of several barbarous nations of independent interest, and his deadly wound was healed. This was effected by Charlemagne, who, with his successors, assumed all the marks of the ancient emperors of the West with the title of Supreme, Supreme Augustus. Um, sacred majesty, first prince of the Christian world, temporal chief of the Christian people, and rector or temporal chief of the faithful in Germany. Uh, looks like modern, maybe it's mode, I don't know, mode period, universal history, uh, volume looks 30. Roman numerals 32, page 79. But it is said in Revelation 13:2 that the dragon gave the beast his power, his armies or military strength, i.e., he deployed, employed all his imperial power in defense of the Latin Empire, which supported the Latin Church. He also gave his seat, uh, literally his throne, to him, that is, the whole empire formed an integral part of the Latin Empire by its conversion to the Roman Catholic faith. He also gave him great authority. This literally true of the Roman Empire of Germany, which, by its great power and influence in the politics of Europe, extended the religion of the empire over the various states and monarchies of Europe, thus incorporating them, as it were, in one vast empire by uniting them in one common faith. And all the world wondered after the beast. All all the earth, as the original word signifies earth, and not world as in our translation, the Latin world, which is the earth of the beast, is here intended. And the meaning of the passage consequently is the whole body of the Roman Catholics were affected with great astonishment 
at the mighty sway of the Latin Empire, considering it as a great and holy power. Verse 4, And they worship the dragon. Worshiping the dragon here evidently means the voluntary religious subjugation of the members of the Latin Church to the revived Western Empire because of the eminent part it has taken in support of their faith. And they worship the beast. Not only the dragon or revived Western Empire was worshipped, the beast, the whole Latin Empire, is a partaker in the adoration. The matter in which it is worshipped consists in the subjects of it. Saying, who is like unto the beast? It is not only holy power in the universe, it is possibly for any person not a subject of it to be saved. Who is able to make war with him? Can any nation successfully fight with it? Is not the Roman Empire, which is the principal bulwark, uh, invictisium, <laughs> I don't know, most invincible, invictisimus, most invincible, was peculiar was the peculiar attribute of the emperors of Germany. See Modern Universal History, volume 32, page 197. Verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. That is, there was given to the rulers of the Latin Empire, who are the mouth of the beast, and particularly the Roman emperors, of Germany, power to assume great and pompous titles, indicative um, of their mighty sway over many subjugated countries. See the imperial instruments of the middle century and the corps diplomaticule, and also to utter against their opponents the most terrible edicts. And blasphemies. So, once again, verse 5 is, There was given unto him the mouth is speaking great things, and blasphemies, and power was given unto him. to continue for 42 months. Okay. So, and blasphemies. This system of worship supported by the beast is a system of blasphemy, as there will be occasion to show presently. The power was given unto him to continue for 42 months. As these 42 months are prophetic, they must mean so many years as there are days contained in them. This is uh, 1,260, each month containing 30 days. The beast, therefore, will continue in existence at least 1,260 years, but when the termination of the period will take place, it's difficult to say as the beginning cannot be at present indubitably ascertained. And he's right. Now, the Seventh-day Adventists will probably tell you that it ended in 1798, but uh, <laughs> history since that time does not indicate that that's what happened. So, um, yeah, when did it start and when will it end? I don't know. And nobody else does either. That's what the truth of the matter is. 
Verse 6, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God and to blaspheme his name. The Latin Empire is here represented as the blasphemous power of three respects. First, he blasphemed the name of God. This has been most notoriously the case with the different popish princes who continually blaspheme the sacred name of God by using them in their idolatrous worship. The mouth of blasphemy against God cannot be more evident than the following impious words which form a part of the Golden Bowl published by Charles IV in January of 1356. Uh, but thou, and thee, how often hast thou attempted to ruin by division the Christian empire, which God hath founded upon the three cardinal virtues, faith, hope, and charity, as upon a holy and indivisible trinity, vomiting the old venom of discord among the seven electors, who are the pillars and the seven principles members of the Holy Empire, by the brightness of whom the Holy Empire ought to be illuminated as by seven torches, the light of which is reinforced by the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. End of quote. And guess what? You'll never hear that from on Seventh-day Adventist, now will you? <laughs> it just won't. <laughs> yeah. Still, it just makes me, it's, it's amazing how effective they are at taking over the Internet. I mean, literally, um, for every one opposing article, there's ten of theirs. It's just amazing. They're very efficient to their uh, propaganda um, network. Um, and a lot of money, too. That's, of course, that, that helps. Um, and his tabernacle. The tabernacle is any kind of dwelling place in an eminent sense among the Jews was a kind of tent to take up and take down as occasion required, which was at, was which was, as it were, the palace of the Most High, dwelling of God of Israel. It was divided into two partitions, one called the Holy Place and the other the Most Holy Place, and in the latter of which, before the building of the temple, the Ark of the Covenant was kept, which was a symbol of God's gracious presence with the Jewish church. All of this, the author of the Epistles of the Hebrews, in the 8th and ninth chapter, explains to prefigure the human nature of Christ. The beast's blasphemies of the, temple, the tabernacle of God is, therefore, as Dr. Moore and others properly observe, his impious doctrine of transubstantiation, in which it is most blasphemously asserted that the substance of the bread and the wine in the sacrament is literally converted into the consecration of the priest into the very blood, body and blood of Jesus Christ. This doctrine was first advanced by among the Latins in the 10th century and in the 12th century. And in, excuse me, and in 1215, fully received as an article 
of the Roman Catholic faith. It is from the pages of the ecclesiastical history to record the incredible numbers which have been martyred by the papists for their non-reception of this most unscriptural and anti-Christian doctrine. And them that dwell in heaven. By heaven is here meant the throne of God and not the throne of the beast, because it is against God the beast blessings. This most this must therefore allude to his impious adoration of the saints and angels whose uh, residence is in heaven. His blasphemies against God by paying that adoration to the uh, celestial inhabitants which belong to God alone. That this sort of worship has been and still is kept among the Roman Catholics and their mass book is a, a sufficient evidence. Mm-hmm. Verse 7, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and overcome them. Quote, Who can make any um, computation? End quote, says Bishop Newton. Quote, Or even frame any conception or the numbers of the pious Christians who have fallen as sacrifice to the bigotry and cruelty of Rome. Mede, upon the place, hath observed from good authorities that in the war with the Albigenses and the Waldenses, there perished of these poor creatures in France alone a million. From the first institution of the Jesuits in in the year 1580, uh, which I thought would be earlier than that, but that is a little more than 30 years, 900,000 Orthodox Christians were slain. These, all by the common executioner, in the space of scarce 30 years, the Inquisition destroyed by various kinds of torture, 150,000 Christians. Sanders himself confesses that an innumerable multitude of Lollards and Sacramentarians, sacramentarians huh, were burnt throughout all Europe, who, yet he says, were not put to death by the Pope and bishops, but by the civil magistrates. The dragon in, in a new shape, or Roman Empire of Germany, acted as very conspicuous part in this uh, nefarious warfare against the remnant of the women's seed, who kept the commandments of God and had a testimony of Jesus Christ. See the imperial edict of Frederick II against heretics. In Limburg's, in Limburg's history of the Inquisition, and power was given him to was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. As the Book of Revelation is a prophecy of all that should come upon the Christian world till the end of time, 
all kindreds, tongues, and nations, must imply the whole Christian world. That the Latin Empire, in the course of its reign, has the extensive power here spoken of, is evident from history. It is well known that the profession of Christianity was chiefly confined within the limits of the Greek and Latin empires till the period of the Reformation. By means of the Crusades, uh, the Latins extended their empire over several provinces of the Greeks. In 1097, Baldwin extended his conquest over the hills of Armenia and the plain of Mesopotamia, and founded the first provincial uh, principality of the Franks or Latins, which subsisted fifty-four years beyond the Euphrates. Huh. In 1204, the Greeks were expelled from Constantinople by the Latins, who set up an empire there, which continued about fifty-seven years. The total overthrow of the Latin states in the East soon followed the recovery of Constantinople by the Greeks. And in 1291, the Latin Empire in the East was entirely dissolved. Thus, the Latins have had power over the whole world professedly Christian, but it is not said that the whole world was in utter subjugation to him, for we read in the following verse. Interesting, the dynamics, and we have, I don't know about you, but, you know, can't speak for you, but uh, speak for myself, uh, you know, it, there's a tendency looking at history and very linear, you know, one thing at a time, and it's just like ebb and flow and how the Latin Empire went all the way to the Euphrates River at one time, huh? And then it was a very short time, and then the, 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 the Greek portion, the eastern portion of the, uh, or the eastern leg, if you will, of the Roman Empire regained its control. And so they had this whole dynamics between what we know as Latin, the Latin Church, which is the Roman Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Empire, if you will. It's probably not, not the best way of describing it, ultimately. And then you have the uh, Greek Orthodox Empire, the Greek Empire, uh, the two legs, the statue of Daniel, and then in between they had this thing with Islam. So you had the three major forces, uh, empires, you know, ebbing and flowing, taking over vast regions and losing it, that kind of thing. So very interesting. Ultimately, it seems to me at least, that all three of these empires, if you will, religious, political empires, um, were all created by the same system. Interesting. Verse 8. And all that dwelt upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. The earth here is the Latin world. So that's the biggest thing. You keep on hearing. So there's somebody once again asked me, and of course they'll never listen to my show, but 
the Seventh-day Adventists. It's amazing, by the way. I get tons of downloads still from, you know, uh, Tom Fress and Yerk Listman, and those guys mix so much air in it, but people want that. I'm trying to clarify all that. I wonder if I actually should take it off at this point. Maybe I should take it off. Because everybody wants to hear that stuff, and I, I mean, that last recording they did, 25 downloads already this week on it, and it's like the biggest pile of crap there is outside the fact that uh, it's just talking about the papacy coming over, and they talk a little bit about, you know, how Rome, you know, controls this country, but it controls everybody. It controls all Western Europe, and that's actually, in the end day, much more significant than them controlling the United States, far more significant. Never talk anything about that. They never do. Um, this whole thing about, you know, once again, the earth and how the people, especially those who have been tainted and polluted by the Seventh-day Adventists, think it has something to do with North America. When over and over again, if you read the historians and commentaries about the, the Bible, they keep telling you over and over again that it's about the Latin Empire, the Roman Empire. It's about there, them. You know what? It, what you mean when when Colum- was when the you know with the uh, Mayflower showed up? Uh, North America wasn't officially part of the Roman Empire, especially the Eastern Seaboard, and there were millions of people here. So it wasn't some sparsely populated area. Like I've told you, and if you get the book. 1492 or 91, whatever it is, look it up. <clears throat> I can't remember what year it is now. 1492? I think it's 1491 is what it is. Anyways, if you look at what the, I can't remember the name of the actual city that it was named at the time, but what we now know is St. Louis, Missouri, had back then had a city with a population that was larger than London. And that was inland. So, I mean, there's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, it's, to be so firm about things without, you know, you know, challenging it and researching it and not being flexible enough to change your approach or at least your belief is ridiculous. You look at all these guys who spent their lifetime dedicated to understanding the Bible, all coming up with the same conclusion that the earth has nothing to do with anything doing with this being a sparsely populated area. What talks about the earth is talking about the Roman Empire. But we won't accept that because, well, first of all, you know how much time it's taken for me just to do this, to get to this point? You won't do that. Most people will not be willing to do it. I don't know. Maybe some of you out there will, but most people will not be willing to spend the energy time even to figure it out. They'll let somebody else do it, and that's what the problem is. Once again, it's bowing down to authorities, authority figures, instead of developing your own conclusion about things and listening to other voices besides the same narrow voice that turns out to be the Seventh-day Adventists, and they're all following this well, this space is a cult, but not only is it a cult, these cults are very profitable for, for people on the top. Whether it's Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or something Evans, they make tons of money. You should see the amount of money the executives make in these hospitals 
in these colleges and these universities they have and everything else, they make big bucks, really big bucks. One of these days we'll look into it. These people are making like two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year. You think they're going to let you know leave their cash cow? Hey, look at us. Look at it like myself and anybody I know is having a hard time right now. If you're going to be following the truth, you're not going to make a lot of money or a lot of friends. You're going to be big threat to the systems that are out there. Sometimes the more of the mark of the beast is that. Our love for money more than anything else. Anyways, back to verse 8. Slain from the foundation of the world. That is, I'll go back to this. Okay, so we're talking about this. The earth here is a Latin world, remember. Remember this. When you hear the earth, remember it's a Latin world that has been observed before in similar cases. The meaning, therefore, is that all the corrupt parts of mankind who are inhabitants of the Latin world shall submit to the religion of the empire, except, as Bishop Newton expressed, expresses it, quote, those faithful few whose names and citizens of heaven were enrolled in, in the registers of life, end of quote. Slain from the foundations of the world, that is, the Christian world, this is not talking about anybody, this is crossing once again, the Latin or the Christian world. North America, when they first showed up, was not a Christian world. Nice try, folks. For this has been shown to be the meaning of all kindreds, tongues, and nations. <clears throat> the year of the crucifixion is properly the commencement of Christianity, as the apostles then first began to promulgate the religion of Christ with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, just as Jesus was in divine purpose appointed from the foundations of the world to redeem men from his blood, by his blood, excuse me, he therefore is, in a very eminent sense, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, i.e., from creation. Verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. These words are evidently introduced to impress the reader with the awfulness of what has just been spoken. All shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life, as well as, as well as to fix his attention upon the following words. Verse 10, And he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. The Latin Empire here spoken of must go into captivity because it has led into captivity, but not only propagating among the various nations its um, abominable anti-Christian system, but also in compelling them to embrace it under the penalty of forfeiting the protection of the empire. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. The Latin empire, what's going to the Latin empire, must be also broken to pieces by the sword because it has killed the saints of God. This prophecy will not receive its full accomplishment till the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. By these words, as Dr. Mitchell observes, God calls upon his saints 
to keep in view under all their persecutions his uh, retributive justice. There is no violence that has been exercised upon them, but what shall be retaliated upon the cruel and persecuting government and governors of the Latin Empire. Verse 11, And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth. Now remember, this is just, Adam uh, Clark's not just one now, I've now given you numerous commentaries from different sources, and they're all coming up with basically the same thing, what the earth is, the Latin Empire. It all has to do with Western Europe. As a beast has already been shown to be symbol of the kingdom or empire, the rising up of the second beast must consequently represent the rising up of another empire. This beast comes up out of the earth. Therefore, it is totally different from the preceding, which rose up from the sea. Uh, earth here means the Latin world. That's right, the Latin world. Not North America, the Latin world. For this world has been shown to import this already in several instances. Instances, The rising up of the beast out of the earth must consequently represent the springing up of some power out of the state of the subjugation to the Latin Empire. Therefore, the beast, here called another beast, is another Latin Empire. This beast is the spiritual Latin Empire, or in other words, the Romish hierarchy. For with no other power can the prophetic description yet be examined, be shown to accord. In the time of Charlemagne, the ecclesiastical power was in subjection to the civil, and it continued to be so for a long time after his death. Therefore, the beast, whose deadly wound was healed, ruled over the whole Latin world, both clergy and laity. These consequently constituted both one beast or empire. But the Latin clergy kept continually gaining more and more influence in the civil affairs of the empire. And in the 10th century, their authority was greatly increased. In the subsequent centuries, the power of the Romish hierarchy ascended even above that of the emperors and led into captivity the kings of the whole Latin world, as there will be occasion to show in commenting upon the following verses. Thus the Romish hierarchy was at length entirely exempt from the civil power and constituted another beast, as it became entirely independent of the secular Latin Empire. <clears throat> And this beast came up out of the earth, that is, the Latin clergy, which composed a part of the earth in the Latin world, raised their authority against that of the secular powers, and in the process of time wrestled the superintendents of ecclesiastical affairs from the secular princes. Take that to the bank. And he had two horns. As a seven-headed beast is represented as having ten horns, which signifies so many kingdoms, 
uh, leagued together in support of the Latin church, so the beast which rises out of the earth has also two horns, which must consequently represent two kingdoms. For if horns of a beast means kingdoms in one part of the apocalypse, the kingdoms must be intended by, symbol, by this symbol where, whenever it is used in a similar way in another part of this book. The second beast is the spiritual Latin empire. The two horns of the beast denote that the empire, thus unrepresented, is composed of two distinct spiritual powers. These, therefore, can be no other, as Bishop Newton, in favor, properly observe, than the two grand independent branches of the Romish hierarchy, viz. the Latin clergy, regular and secular, for the purpose of these uh, comprehends all the various monastic orders. The second comprehends the whole body of the parochial clergy. These two grand branches of hierarchy are originally constituted both one dominion as the monks as well as other clergy were in subjugation to the bishops but the subjugations of the monks to their diocese became by degrees less apparent, and in the process of time, through the influence and authority of the Roman, Roman pontiffs, they were entirely exempted from all Episcopal jurisdiction, and thus became a spiritual power entirely independent from the secular clergy. <clears throat> what do you think? Like a lamb. Hmm. Like a lamb. As a lamb in other parts of the apocalypse eventually evidently means Christ, who is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, it must have a similar import in this passage. Therefore, the meaning here is evidently to that the two horns of the beast, or the regular and secular clergy, profess to be ministers of Christ, to be like him in meekness and humility, and to teach nothing that is contrary to godliness. The two horns, the two-horned beast, or spiritual Latin empire, has in reality the name, and in the eyes of the Latin world, the appearance of a Christian power, but he is only so in appearance, and that alone among his deluded volunteers, for when he speaks, and he spake as a dragon. The doctrines of the Romish hierarchy are very similar to those contained in old heathen worship, for he has introduced, quote, a new species of idolatry, nominally different, but essentially the same, the worship of angels and saints instead of gods and demigods of antiquity, end quote. 
I think I'll probably stop there. And we do part two. We'll start from 12. But uh, there you go. So that's some heavy stuff to think about. If anybody does. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only person who really cares about the truth. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really interested in fairy tales and fables. I want to know the truth. So That means I'm alone in the world. I'm alone in the world. Hey, hey. Rock on. Anyways, I think I'm going to quit. It's almost one in the morning, and I'm freaking going to bed. So, I had problems with. Oh, by the way, I apologize. Uh, um, once again, talks you having problems again. So, uh, for some reason, they can't download uh, the three shows they did yesterday, and you can't open up any of the shows. It just stays in, stuck on buffering. So, hopefully, it'll be fixed soon. Um, so, no, and I didn't feel good at today, too, so I took a break from really doing much recording, so. And anyways, most people want to listen to Tom Fress and uh, York Lisbon, so. Um, I don't know. I want to know the truth, so. And the truth for most folks is tedious and boring, so. With that, God bless and take care. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.